back to Working It Out, the podcast where I aim to look at a whole range of subjects that society makes us feel like we should have figured out, but never actually do. I'm Nicole, and today I'm joined by my lovely friend, Sophie Butler, who I met through Instagram, um, and she is going to tell you a little bit about her. My name is Sophie Butler, I'm 22 years old, and I have a psychology degree. I also have a spinal injury, so I had a spinal injury in July of 2017, so not that long ago, and I think since having this injury I've learned a lot of different things, which is one of the reasons why I'm here with Nicole today, because there's a lot of things that I feel like I could give a different perspective on and that would be interesting to talk about with you guys. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've came across your account because of that. I mean, I fa- I fa- that's how I found out about you, was because you were so open about your journey with yeah. that. But obviously, aside from that, this your account is, you know, to inform people about different things other than just spinal injury, and that's mental health and stuff like that. And that's kind of probably why we see each other's account so much. Yeah, the they cross health. over a yeah. little bit. I might be important to note as well, like, because some people might not know, like, me having a spinal injury means that I'm paralysed from the waist down. Yeah. So I feel like some people might not know that. So, like, it's, you know, so there's a lot of different things that I could get called, like paraplegic, um, disabled. Yeah. But the bottom line is that I have a injury in my spine means that I'm paralysed, basically. Yeah. So when I say that that's how I came across Sophie's account, Sophie actually started a fitness account way before. Yeah, when I was at uni, like yeah. a, like a year before the injury. Yeah. yeah, and obviously then that happened, and um, you know you talked very openly about your journey, and obviously that's kind of led you on to being a lot more aware of different situations, which yeah. is definitely why I wanted to talk to you because out of all the accounts I follow, you are definitely a person I look to for different opinions on things and that kind of thing um so today's topic is all about intersectional fem fem (laughs) (laughs) right let's get let's go back we're not going to edit that out we're just going to go again so today's episode is all about intersectional feminism got it second time around yeah you got um this is something we're both really passionate about We've actually probably spent two hours talking about it prior to this. Yeah, we just didn't turn the mics on. <laughs> <laughs> prior to this podcast. So we're going to talk about really the importance of it and why it is really vital, in our opinions, to making progress with the world in general. Yeah. Do you want to give everyone a bit of background of what it means to you? Yeah, so I mean, I first come across the term intersexual feminism when I was actually at uni. I was doing my psychology degree and I I think I would have always described myself as a feminist. I would always say, you know, I believe in equal rights, whether they are political, social, financial, whatever. But I, as you know, I thought it might be important to notice whether well I am white. I am a white woman. So I never really understood the like the what it meant to be intersectional because my idea of feminism was just feminism as it is yeah. but when when I got to uni and we started to meet people from different backgrounds different cultures come from all different places and I came across the term intersectional in an essay when they, when they asked me to write about feminism and I'm thinking but feminism is just feminism like it just yeah. you know why does it have to be intersectional what does that even yeah. mean so it wasn't until I started researching and looking into that that I realized that 
there's actually so many different types of women. Yeah. Like, all, not even just all around the world, but all in this country. Like, even in, like, the state, the city, whatever you're in, each woman comes from a different background. They have different privileges and different disadvantages in life. And the whole, basically, the bottom line of intersexual feminism is making sure that feminism is beneficial to every single woman. Yeah. And not just the middle-class white woman. Yeah, and that we're aware of what that term means yeah and obviously you've gone off uh, onto that really nicely but it's the idea that when we you know state our point of view on those topics we are actually taken into account for all people yes not just for example a white woman yeah white british woman because if you think of feminism i mean it might just be because we're british but you say feminism the first thing i think of is the suffragettes yeah so the pankhurst you know and the things they did were absolutely extraordinary and they've benefited us so much and they've given us they've helped us progress so much as women and within the feminist movement but feminism at that time was very very white you know, it did benefit mainly white women and there's nothing wrong with looking back on the progress that they made and acknowledging that 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 was good, but we need to be better. Yeah. We need to make sure that that progress benefits every single woman in this country, whether they are black, white, um, Latina, whether they're disabled, whether they're transgender, you know, that is, that's the bottom line of it really. Yeah, and in terms of what's made this subject really important for you i know what we spoke about for a long time and it's gonna probably be the most used words in this whole podcast and that is perception and context because when we went into it earlier we spoke a lot about different scenarios that we have personally experienced a whole kind of range of things and how it really does differ depending on the context that you're in and the perception and I guess what we want people to take away from this is it's actually a really great thing to look at everyone's perception of things and not just kind of live in our own little bubble of how it impacts us directly. Obviously, because there's, you know, more people out there than just us. What kind of examples of it have you experienced personally, would you say? Or have you got any examples? Or are you just aware of the different things that can happen? Um, I think... I mean, so for for me personally, really, I think the biggest shift came from when I had my injury. Yeah. So obviously now that I am disabled, injured, paraplegic, whatever you want to call it, um, I'm, I'm obviously more aware of ableism yeah. and able-bodied entitlement and all of them sorts of things that come within that realm um, of feminism and in general. But I think before that, I was very um, naive to... Um, a disabled woman's part in feminism so if you look at most of this feminist rallies if you look at a lot of feminist movements on social media a lot of them aren't accessible so that can either mean physically not accessible so a route of a feminist march might not be wheelchair friendly or a feminist campaign might not show any disabled bodies So that's one thing I've really learned. And we're kind of like, that is an intersection of feminism that isn't really spoke about very much. And it feels weird me talking about it as a white woman, but but it's, you know, it's the same with race as well. So it's like, if like, it's like, it's weird to word it as a white woman, because I feel like I don't actually have the right to be speaking about the perception of a black woman. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like that's very much 
I feel like I'm kind of defeating the object in itself by talking about their experience. Yeah. The point is that like their experience is their experience and their experience is going to be different to yes. mine. Yeah. So there's going to be different things that are contributing to their experience. Their race being one of them, my race being one of the things, my disability being one of the things. It's just a bit of a minefield, all of it, because obviously there's a lot of there's a lot to take in. Yeah. And I think you have to be aware of the different like you said you almost don't want to speak for someone else because you haven't personally been through their experience yeah well it's a lot like because i when i was in hospital i watch i don't know if if you've seen it but you know the film me before you yes um i hate that film (laughs) like i watched it when i was in hospital and i was in like a very it was a very very traumatic time you know you've just had a spinal injury you've just found out that you might be paralyzed for the rest of your life you don't know and you watch this film where basically the message of the film is that you would rather be dead them be disabled and it wasn't until like a few months after i realized how toxic that film was because it it really basically enforced that ideology in my head and that whole ideology is so soaked in ableism yeah that you don't even realize it no because it's so it's so normal a lot of people like i've actually had someone say to me like oh god if i was in your position i would have killed myself by now and you only think, why the hell would you say that? You're, yes. What you're basically enforcing is this idea that I had in my head. Because I remember when my accident happened, I was, you know, I'll, I'll happily admit that I was suicidal. I had this idea that if I couldn't be the person I was, then life wasn't worth living. Yeah. And by saying things like that, you're actually reinforcing that mentality, which you you might not even think about it, but it's so dangerous because that can lead to suicidal tendencies. Yes. So... I mean, yeah, that film is just soaked in <laughs> soaked in ableism. I can't remember what the original point was because I'm just thinking about how much I hate that film. No, <laughs> like... but, but it is relevant because you're like you're saying it's something that's personally impacted you, and obviously yeah. you've seen it on TV and you've seen how normalised it is on TV. Yeah, and that's another conversation that we was kind of going into. I know you mentioned like little things, like if you've been at work, people saying certain things to you, which probably in their minds is not ableist but yeah what kind of things do you hear kind of on a regular basis so like if i i think it's important to know is that these things that i hear i literally hear them every time i leave the house so yeah. if i'm just going to the gym i'll take myself to the gym like literally like a 15 minute walk or will whatever around the corner so i'll take myself and i've had people like stop me in the street to like ask me questions and stuff because they can't compute the fact that they're seeing a disabled body and it's not the perception which they understand which is that you're either sick or you're um housebound or yeah. whatever which is most people most people's perception of disability yeah. <coughs> but like if i'm at work some of the things that i'll like get asked is just be like oh that's so why are you in that then like meaning the wheelchair so i had this one guy who was like oh is that like a permanent situation then and this other woman was like, oh, was it like a car crash or... And it's like people can't compute the fact in their heads that they're seeing a functioning disabled person. So they want to work it out. Yeah. They want to ask you questions, which, to be honest, is none of their business. Yes. And like, as someone who hasn't been disabled or injured or whatever for that long, it took me a very long time to like realise that you don't actually owe these people anything. No. Like, you feel like you have to be polite and you I mean it's you know it's nice to be polite but you feel like you have to give them an answer and you don't want to be rude but at the end of the day like I don't owe them my medical history no like, do you know what and I we mean? went it's... into this earlier because yeah. obviously 
how you respond is like important because obviously you don't you even said you don't like to be rude to people when they say this because you try and see from their perspective where it's coming from but again it's that whole idea that these comments do have a consequence they do impact someone else and when they're like it's you know one comment on its own might not do that much damage yeah but several comments over a day and then several several comments over a day over a week over a month over a year starts to just yeah it then starts to impact your perspective and your attitude yeah and the way you live your life basically i i will know we kind of spoke about topics like that earlier and we definitely went into a whole range of different things where this is so applicable but it really is kind of that idea that you need to take a second to be accountable for the different things that you're talking about so Although, and I know we said how it seems like society hates taking ownership of things they're saying. Yeah. But actually, for us to make progress, we've got to think... We haven't got to document everything. You know, we've got to, we can't monitor everything we say. Yeah. But it's actually being aware of when we're saying things that actually could impact someone else because we're not very... We're being more ignorant to their viewpoint yeah. or their perspective. But also how that potentially then has a knock-on effect, obviously. And there's just ways to go about it. Yeah, and then that, I think that also leads to, like, something you've seen, like, you would have seen, like, a lot, mainly coming from an older generation, is people talking about people being too sensitive. and People being snowflakes. And I've been called a snowflake and whatever before because I've spoken about mental health and I spoke about post-union depression on Twitter and I got a lot of backlash for it. But then I also got a lot of people being like, no, that's a real thing. Let's talk about it. But I think, I I hate that whole, you know, we can't say anything these days. No, it's not that you couldn't say it's not that you can't say anything it's that there's some things that you shouldn't say yes you know like you can say whatever you want because you have freedom of speech but with freedom of speech comes freedoms to be criticized for yes. what you're saying yeah. if you're saying something you've got to take accountability for it like that's the, the bottom line you can't have freedom of speech without freedom to be criticized yeah and this kind of all goes back to the idea of people having power and people being in a position of power and a position a, a, position (laughs) a position of privilege which is absolute minefield in its own and something that i don't think anyone really takes into account for so with lots of things there are positions where you are more privileged than others yeah i am more privileged than others yeah so it's it's being aware of those things and actually not being scared of the fact that okay i don't want to say out loud that i'm more privileged than, yeah, than so- and that's the thing that the privilege has such a negative connotation yes. to it. I feel like Pete, if you say to someone, "Oh, you're privileged," they then think that you're demeaning any struggle that they've had. Yes, you know, saying to some, "You, I'm privileged because I'm white. I have white privilege." That doesn't mean I haven't struggled because yes. I lack privilege and I'm disadvantaged because of my intersection in being a woman yes and because of my intersection with my disability yeah but that just means that my race isn't one of the things contributing to that privilege to yes. that you know what i mean yeah that, that struggle yeah so but i think we need to acknowledge our privileges if like if you don't acknowledge your privilege then you can't help 
Yes. Because if you acknowledge your privilege, you can actually help from a position of power. Yes. You know, if you see something going on, if you see an argument with racial undertones, you can come in, you can get involved and you can help. But if you don't acknowledge your privilege, it's a lot harder for you to get involved then because you then, again, you lack perspective. Yes. And that's when progress doesn't happen. Yeah. So if we're all really happy to just sit, you know, on this bandwagon where we don't kind of question things we don't become aware of things and things aren't going to change yeah it goes back to that story i told you earlier about the idea that obviously there's a lot of a lot of talk at the minute about of that guys can't even say anything now yeah. or we've got a lot going on with hot I, I don't know if you remember but there was um there was man-sized tissues they got banned and there's a lot of that at the minute yeah. isn't there with everything and obviously I don't know what your viewpoint on that kind of thing is in terms of like getting stuff like that removed, but that a lot of the kind of questions that are coming from this from males is obviously that we're taking it too far. We're, yeah, we're kind of being too sensitive. Yeah, to that thing. I feel like an important thing to note as well is where a lot of these stories and a lot of where these issues come from is social media. Yeah. And like we were talking about media earlier and I basically, well, we, we both kind of highlighted the point of whenever you look at a source, whenever you look at something, you've got to be aware of where it's coming from. So something from the Daily Mail, something from the Sun, it's coming from someone who, any any source, any whatever, but the Daily Mail is coming from someone who has a motive and who has a narrative they want to convey. Yes. So it's the same with social media. There are a lot of actually things like that that are actually set up by anti-feminist organisations to make us look like snowflakes and to take away our credibility. Like there was this anti-LGBT organisation online the other other month, I can't remember exactly what month it was, but basically what they did is they tried to make it look like the LGBT community were trying to get paedophilia to be recognised as a part of LGBT. Well, yeah. you know, we don't want that. No. You know, paedophilia is, isn't... We're not trying to do that in LGBT. We're not trying to say, you know, paedophilia is okay. It's whatever. But that was set up by an organisation to demonise LGBT. Yes. So I think that is one part of it. You've got to be careful of... Because I think a lot of these things you see online are set up by anti-feminists and yes. anti-whatever, you know, people who want to make something look a certain way. Because there was another thing in Russia where they and an anti-feminist organisation had a group of actresses yes. pour bleach, yeah. it wasn't bleach, it was fake, um, on male genitals to make females, look, make feminists look like they were crazy. Yes. But it wasn't, it was actors. Yeah. So that's that. I mean, that's one part of it. That that is just a minefield of social media. Yeah, but it's really important that you touched on that. I think personally, because what the context of it, where it's coming from, is also really important. So whether it's you or whether it's another source, it's really important to be kind of aware and ask questions of why that might be construed in the way it is. Yeah. So if you've got I know with the whole term feminism, that has connotations to it as well. So a lot of men and women, you know, or will say, oh gosh, feminists are so extreme. They're so, they're so far-fetched. You know, all these things. But actually put it into context of what an actual feminism, what an actual feminist wants for the world that is not extreme. Yeah. But of course there are going to be people that 
define themselves as a feminist but their views are slightly off that, yeah that is and that's going to happen with everything you know that happens within religion that yes. happens with any group that there is Absolutely. there's always going to be people who are more extremists yes and who are you know are, are taking not taking things too far because i don't like that term but they're just you know have a more have a, a viewpoint and a way of dealing with issues that aren't the norm yes. and that don't conform to the majority of that group. Yeah. So take the gym, for example, and obviously we spoke about this earlier, um, the idea that guys now feel like, that's something I've seen recently, that guys feel like they can't actually ask a woman in the gym if they need help with their weights. My argument was that it's context. It yeah. is down to context and how that kind of is being brought across so if some guy and i've had it many many times if a guy comes up to me and patronizes me and says you are obviously struggling because you're so small let me help you then i will actually tell that guy to probably f off i actually probably won't but you know that is what my yeah, head but goes. that's gonna be like your attitude but towards that's it. my but that's my reaction to a really kind of patronizing way of dealing with that yeah. situation However, if a guy comes up to me, or a, or a, or a female, and says, um, like, let me help you so you can get to your next set quicker, I'd be like, oh my god, that's lovely, thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, well it's the same like within being disabled as well, is a lot of people say to me, like, oh, I don't know whether I can help you or not, yeah. because, and the thing is, I spoke a little bit with you earlier about how I don't... I don't like the term disabled, not because I think it's insulting, because I am disabled, that's what it is, call it what it is, I don't care, but I don't like it because it's such an umbrella term to such a complex intersection. Yes. So, I mean, I was explaining to Nicole earlier, even I don't refer to myself as disabled very often because it's just, disabled can mean anything, you can be blind, you can be deaf, you could have cystic fibrosis, you could um, be like me, you could be a paraplegic or a quadriplegic, and it's just too damn broad. Yeah. Like, you know, what I need is very different to what a blind person or what someone with um, cystic fibrosis needs. Yeah. And by calling, by using the term disabled is that every, you're not fitting the needs of everyone's different intersection yes so someone who is blind is going to need something very different to what i need yeah. so i normally refer to myself as spinally injured and even in that itself it's so layered it's so complex so you mean i don't know how much you know about spinal injuries i don't know how much your listeners know but every spine is different yeah your spine is wired different my spine is different to yours yeah. your spine is different to your mum's you know so on and so forth so everyone who has a spinal injury is going to be completely different even if they're at the same level yeah so it's so layered and it's so complex that it's like it's if you it's you can't just lump everyone into one category because everyone's got different needs yes. and different requirements and when you just use a one fits all term like disabled you're not helping anyone by you know by saying that yeah. because you're not actually fitting their requirements you're not fitting their needs yes and i guess that's where the comments come in sometimes for you where people are like oh like i know you mentioned you was like is this a long-term thing or yeah so, so it's it's someone assuming that yeah and when you assume you make an ass out of me <laughs> yes i love that saying but no like it's like because that guy he was basically started telling me about um you, you might you know the boston bombings the guy ended up being an amputee yeah um am, an amputee has a very very different situation and a very different prognosis to what a spinal injury it's, it's yes it's very very different it's and, just two different injuries and that's what he mentioned to and you that's about. what he assumed first of all 
please don't like this was just a customer at work so he was in absolutely no position to have started talking to me about this yeah you know i was literally in the middle of a busy shift trying to take um the cap off his alcohol i was just trying to take security tag off so i'm just trying to exist and do my job yeah but you have made it a thing when it's none of your business to make it a thing yes. and that really really annoys me because i'm just trying to exist yeah. literally just trying to do my job but second of all you actually know nothing about the topic and you're telling me about yeah. my prognosis yeah. like you're making assumptions that doesn't benefit me in any way no and there has to be a point where we do say okay we are co- accountable for what we are saying yeah what we are saying clearly has an impact and actually we need to start probably thinking a little bit about what we're saying because we can see that there's consequences for what what we do say and how it impacts each like other people so in terms of going back to that gym situation and obviously guys now feeling like they can't do anything that obviously is a very fair point from their perspective that they feel like but then that's their perspective from privilege yes from and that's exactly what it is so of course for a privileged guy he is coming from a place where he's never had to feel what it's like to not actually be able to be sort of in a in a place where he feels intimidated yeah. by the opposite sex. He, yeah. And so that's not applicable for everyone. That is just in this total is it's in this scenario. But when you've had women that don't feel like they can be in a same situation as a male for a really long time it is going to put them into a different perspective. So it's absolutely understandable that there are going to be situations where guys go up to girls and the, you know, the women actually think, get up, like, don't patronise me. Yeah. Because they've come from a place where they've been so used yeah. to males having that dominance yeah and being in a position it's like something that i don't know why but a lot of able-bodied people do it is when they see me in my wheelchair and i'm like wheeling around the store and work or whatever something they like to do is they're like beep beep or like you need a driver's license and it's like okay like that comment in itself it's not offensive it doesn't offend me no i i would kind of have a fake laugh and move on with my day yeah so you know there's not really a problem with it but just use your noggin a little yeah and put it into the context of how many times a day do you think i hear that damn comment yeah like yeah so in itself it's it's not that isolated comment or that isolated joke is not offensive it's okay but put it in the context of i hear it every damn day multiple times a day and i'm bored of it like come on upgrade your sense of humor like yes i'm in a wheelchair i'm going fast beep beep it's hilarious yeah like i've heard it i've heard it 15 times a day it will stop getting funny after the second time and again that is down to context because for me personally i've never had to go through that so maybe if if someone said to me well what do you think to someone saying beep beep past someone who's in a wheelchair yeah i you know i wouldn't personally but for a lot of people they'd be like oh it's harmless yeah it's harmless it's fun and it is harmless but until you learn someone else's story you can't actually understand how that actually might have an impact on others it is harmless until you put it into the context of I've heard it 15 times a day and I'm bored of it yes like I'm not offended I'm just bored yeah like it's again there's a lot to do with obviously being in a position of power and position of privilege with I know I mentioned to you earlier there was a situation where I remember a guy complaining when he bit of a long story and I'm not gonna actually name 
where I was working at this time or anything like that, but there was a guy who complained that he couldn't have extra leg room. This is quite extreme, and like Sophie was absolutely livid when I told her this. But there was a guy that was coming back from a country that was in crisis, basically, and um, I remember him complaining because he didn't get extra leg room on the plane home. Bearing in mind, obviously, the plane that got him home safe was, the was emergency an emergency plane. plane. Yeah, That's one thing. Second thing, people that actually lived in this country were fleeing their homes. They were absolutely petrified for what was going to happen. And they didn't actually know the outcome. So the likelihood is they left without actually knowing what certainty lied in yeah. front of them at all they didn't know if they had a home to flee to yes whereas this guy obviously knew he was getting an emergency flight home yeah knew he was going to be taken care of and actually weeks months go on this situation would actually be insignificant to yeah. him it's like it's it's a bit because you know i have like for a bit of context i obviously when i had my spinal injury i had like a year of work i was in the hospital for four months of that year and it wasn't until my injury happened in july 2017 it wasn't until may of 2018 that i could even leave the house independently because you have to wait for adaptions to be stuff to uh, done to your house i have yeah. to wait for a ramp and all of them things and so i went back to work just uh like i think it was 13 months after my injury i went back to work and it's so like it's just so irritating you go into work and people are complaining about things that to be honest they're not that big of a deal yeah like you know like every like just little everyday problems and i look at that and i think god i wish that was the only thing i had to complain about yeah like like when customers complain about things i'm like do you know what just if you had any perspective on my life or some other people's lives around yes. this around the world you would not be complaining yes. about queuing for five minutes and again that's being aware yeah because until you start to be aware you can't understand that actually yeah. these things happen I spoke to you about when I went to South Africa and obviously there is a lot of com- like com- people complaining about the fact that the NHS and there's not enough staff or there's not enough time or quality in care and obviously that is for you to make your mind up on how you feel about the NHS yeah. and you're not wrong to have an opinion on that. But then I think also as well with the NHS it's such a layered problem of people blaming the wrong people yes. for the faults that are in the NHS. Yes, which is another kind of issue issue yeah but in terms of this when i went to south africa and went to the doc like the doctors in south africa i remember a lady turning up with two problems and one of them she couldn't actually afford yeah so she couldn't have done who knows what that problem was but the problem is we are so quick to jump on the nhs and we're so quick to fault them but when you put that into context of people around the world not actually being able to get healthcare yeah to sort anything out maybe even for their children you kind of actually think okay yes there maybe there are improvements to be made with the nhs and maybe we're lucky to have it but we're lucky to have it yeah and actually is that more important than having to wait an extra 30 minutes for an appointment yeah you know we're still in a 
position of privilege yeah because that's like when i go to work i mean i don't have i you know I, I don't have the my dream job i've only just gone back to work after an injury but for me getting to leave the house and go to a job and her money is a privilege yes like i spent a year in the house by pretty much by myself most days yes absolutely freezing you yeah. know injured like when i say injured i mean paralyzed so a pretty dire situation it was you know very very lonely very sad most days but so getting to leave the house and go to work, it is a privilege that yes. a lot of people don't realise until they don't have that. Because yes. I've done that before. Before my injury, I'd go into work, complain this, complain that, go to uni, complain about this, complain about that. And then it wasn't until that I had all that taken away from me that I thought, God, I would love just to be able to go into work and complain about nothing. Yes. <laughs> like, I just do my day and like yes. make pizzas or do this, do whatever, clean up the checkouts. Like, that is something that you don't even think about that you're lucky to have until you have it taken away from you. Yeah, and again, that kind of goes into a whole different story because I know you mentioned, obviously, when you were in hospital, there were people that had, you know, what you would have said were bigger problems than you. Yeah. And so you even mentioned that you felt privileged in comparison to them. It really is one of those things that you have to kind of... You have to get a magnifying glass and actually look at things for what they are and kind of realise that... A bit like what we said earlier, there'll always be someone doing better than you, but there'll also be someone worse off than you. And it's actually just being aware of your position in life. And it doesn't even mean that you can't complain about things, you know, like that's that's human nature. We're always going to want to complain about things. And I always say to my friends, just because of my injury or just because of this or whatever that I've been through doesn't mean you can't complain about things to me. I will always listen. Yeah. You know, I will always listen to you. You can always vent to me. But I want you to remember things in context. Yes. You know, you can complain about what you want to complain about, but I want you to know it's not the end of the world. Don't get hung up on it. Yeah. You know, you can complain about having to keep 15 minutes in Sainsbury's, but just know it's not the end of the world, yes. okay? Yeah. And <laughs> like... it's Yeah, and it's very important that you say that. This isn't to say that you have to then, you know, every time you see, some, every time you see someone in a wheelchair, for example, you have to think five times before you speak to that person. That's not what we're trying to achieve here. Yeah. What we're trying to say is... Whether it is down to race, religion, you know, sexuality. sexuality, there has to be a point where we think about what we're saying and how it could impact them. Because the likelihood is, if it doesn't impact you, but it impacts someone else, it's probably not the first time they've heard it, yeah. similar to what you said earlier. And obviously, we don't want to contribute towards something that could create a bigger problem. Yeah. I mean, you never know what's going on in anyone's head. No. Or, you know, behind closed doors or whatever. And I know we said earlier another kind of example of this, and this is not to say we're, you know, a lot of the examples we've given are about women and men and that kind of thing. However, there are situations where, for example, men have been really under pressure to sort of, like, be a certain way or to come up a certain way. And I know we've said about the idea that the public or society in general finds it really easy to kind of put someone down after they've picked who I think popularity comes into it a lot as well and I think that's a problem because there'll be someone that for example does a certain thing and we will forget it quite easily yeah and that's another sort of minefield thing isn't it yeah it's like well it's like it's massive with influencers right now. Yes. I don't know what it is. It seems to be like every other influencer. They happened to Brother Nature the other day. Like someone seems to bring up some racist crap from their past. Yes. Like, and it's it's really weird how 
these people can do certain things but still maintain such a good career. Yes. But all you've got to do is look at Logan Paul, probably one of the biggest YouTubers out. He's like a household name now. Yeah. You know, he's massive. And after what he did, I'm sorry, he's absolutely atrocious. I think he's a vile human being. Yeah. I think everything about him is absolutely disgusting. And I haven't liked him since before the forest thing that's yeah. not my only issue with him my issue with him is i think he is ignorant yeah i feel think he is entitled i think he is a perfect depiction of what white america looks like but that's another issue i'm getting really pent up on logan paul but it's the fact that people like him can have such successful careers but if you take someone you know like whatever like imagine how much they would pull beyonce up if she made an yes. error because she is a black woman yes you know um and it's just like people can do things like this and still have such fantastic careers and it boggles my mind and it's yes. so big in influencer community. Yes, because it's forgotten so easily yeah. because of the power that they have. And I feel like something that really doesn't help that contributes to it is call-out culture. Yes. Because we spoke a little bit earlier about how call-out culture is... I think it's really toxic and that's not because I don't want people to be pulled up for the things they've done because I do and that's why I don't like call-out culture. I don't like this whole thing of cancelling people because... You know one never really gets cancelled. For God's sake, how many times do you ever say, oh, they're cancelled and then bought their newest eyeshadow palette yeah. and then listened to their newest album? Exactly. You know, all you've got to do is look at Kanye West for an example yes. of that or look at Logan Paul for an example yeah. of that. Kanye West said some, like, I, I don't like Kanye West, but I know a lot of people do. But he's, you know, he, he everyone cancelled him when he said slavery was a choice and then downloaded his new album a week later. And then, for example, he has come out and said that he had been kind of... He had almost been misinterpreted. In yeah, he, he said that he was used to promote things that he didn't believe in. It's more like your PR stunt backfired and you want to retract on yes. that. But okay, okay, Kanye. Yeah. But um, no, my problem with it is massively like with call out culture is that it, it's not sustainable. You know, you you'll cancel someone, you'll call them out for five minutes, and then you'll forget about it because yes. what you're doing is you're putting so much energy into it for five minutes, and you're getting everyone to rally behind it. And then, as social media does, you move on to the next thing. You move on to the next person who says something racist, and you forget about that person. Yeah. You don't actually deal with the issue. Yeah. And you just want something to pro- to project your anger onto. Yes. And that's again back to how you respond to these situations. I know I mentioned to you about. A couple of situations where I'd seen call out nature happen and I kind of said to you do you think it'd be more beneficial if the people actually went straight to the person to actually try and get progress because this is where it gets so complex and this is just people in general everyone obviously has their own story has their own journey and where we're kind of just classifying everyone under the same bubble we're forgetting that behind them people are feelings and thoughts and so that call out nature really doesn't work because what happens is you actually potentially damage that person further you don't know if they're already you know struggling and like you say yeah okay it's going to be embarrassing for them if you call them out on a big enough scale for a celebrity but even just a normal person but actually what are they going to learn from that yeah. probably nothing and i think you can tell the difference between when someone generally is lacking information and when they are ignorant yes. so like someone like logan paul you can tell is ignorant yeah. and he's narrow he's he's forgiveness arc i mean i'm not gonna it's great pr he's got a fantastic manager because with the whole He's, he's been forgiven for the suicide forest thing and all of his other actions in Japan that didn't get that much attention, but he was, you know, he did some questionable things and he always has done since he's been on YouTube and Vine. But 
everyone seems to have forgiven him. Yeah. And my problem with Logan Paul is you can tell that it's a default in character. It's not because he had a lack of judgment, which is how he described the Suicide Forest video. It's not because of that. It's because who he is as a person. And I think you can tell the difference when someone has genuinely made a mistake. Yeah. And when they are just are just an ignorant person and they're not saying sorry that's my problem as well with with call that culture you've also created apology culture yes where people apologize for any little thing yes now i don't agree with that i think if you if you're genuinely sorry and you want to apologize apologize don't apologize because a manager has told you to apologize yes. you know like because people will it loses its it loses its worth. Its meaning's gone. Completely. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, you're, people are going to be saying sorry for things they're not even sorry for. Yeah. Don't say sorry just because a manager has told you to say sorry. Say sorry if you've learnt from the situation. Yes. And it's, saying sorry also needs to be followed up with a change in behaviour. Yes. You can't say sorry and then continue to say the N word. Yeah, and that, that kind of leads me nicely onto what, again, we chatted way too much about before, <laughs> but that's the idea of being aware of your actions and actually holding your hands up and saying okay I actually did some questionable things at some point in my life so for example for me I said to you quite openly earlier I probably was part of a group at some point that didn't actually stick up for people when other people were in the wrong when I was at school that still now kind of is one of them things where I think I'm so ashamed of myself for not sticking up for what was right at school yeah in certain occasions however you there is you know there is a point where you can go okay I feel really guilty that that happened but actually what I will do is not allow that to ever happen again and yeah. I will move forward and you've learned from it and learn from it yeah and that's really important because that learning from it is what makes you a you it makes you a human it makes you move forward to make yeah. more positive changes and there's nothing wrong with admitting that you was wrong yeah you know i feel like with humans we're so scared to be criticized we're so scared to be called privilege and we're so scared to admit i was wrong in that situation you know and that's one of the things you've really got to learn as becoming an adult is that you have to admit that you're wrong sometimes as much as you don't want to you know i will admit that there's probably times when i was like a younger teenager i didn't understand racism i just thought racism was slavery and it it, you know existed years and years ago because that's an ignorant teenage mentality yes. who's grown up in a very white community yeah but growing up meeting people broadening and my mind and wanting to learn more i understand that racism is a very layered and it's a very real problem and i can sit here today and admit yeah i have white privilege i try to use it for the best and that i've learned from things that i've seen and things that i've heard yes and i think for that kind of thing it's it is important that we get to a point where we actually acknowledge and I know we spoke about this earlier in the podcast but we actually acknowledge when we are privileged in certain areas and to actually do it for good so there's there's nothing wrong with saying you're privileged in a certain thing that doesn't mean another human then gets the right to say you've never struggled exactly because you know for example I'm a privileged white British person but I suffer with anxiety. That doesn't mean I'm immune to suffering with anxiety. Yeah, it just means your race is something that hasn't contributed towards that. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what's important. It's understanding it. And hopefully from this, people will hopefully understand it a bit more and will actually kind of just 
just bring it to light a little bit because yeah. I think it's not something that's spoke about a lot. I don't know. I think one of the things we were talking about earlier, I said to you, I think the difference between um, there's two types of people. There's people who are ignorant and there's people who lack information. So I think the massive difference between people is not knowing and not wanting to know. Yes. So, I mean, I was, I think I was telling you earlier, I was at university and I met someone who was transgender for the first time. And I didn't really know very much about it. I kind of had an idea of what I thought trans, being transgender meant, what it meant to be trans. Yeah. But luckily enough, this person was very open and they wanted to teach me and I wanted to know. I wanted to learn. I They taught me about their experience and I listened to their experience. And this is like something that leads back to something I was telling you about earlier is I think one of the main problems in this world is that people want to talk too much yes. and they don't want to listen. Yeah. People want to talk about their experiences and they want to talk about their opinions, but they don't want to listen to someone else's experience yes. and someone else's opinions. You know, it's like people always like to tell me, oh yeah, but you know, it's if, if I say something like an able-bodied person said to me and I say, oh, I was quite upset by that or I was quite offended by that and able-bodied people will get very defensive. Most people, and obviously I don't mean all able-bodied people, but the general consensus is to be oh, we don't mean it offensively. Yeah. Okay, I know you don't. But what you need to understand is that you will never, ever be able to, hopefully you'll never, ever be able to see that from my perspective because you've never lived a day in my perspective. Yes. You know, you're not disabled. You don't get these comments all the time. You don't know how it feels. So until, I'm sorry, but no disability, no opinion, (laughs) until you've lived a day in my wheelchair, then you don't yes. you won't understand yeah. how it feels yeah. for me. And there's no there's nothing wrong with people being curious to want to learn more. Yeah. But there's a difference between kind of shutting yourself off to different ways of living because of your own perspective of yeah. life. And obviously that kind of leads back to a lot of things because there's, you know, a lot of ways we can help in the world, but then that kind of for some reason kind of discombobulates our own way of living so we don't do it as much as we could yeah it's just that whole idea that we're in our own little bubbles and as much as it's good to be in your own little bubble and work on yourself you also need to think of the greater good for life in general and so like what you said it's okay for people to say things to you where there's a genuine interest in learning about things however there's a difference between having that general interest and learning or being ignorant and saying comments that are actually really damaging yeah and you can tell the difference between when someone's being nosy and when some it wants when someone wants to learn yes like you can massively tell the difference yeah. like so two different kind of dms that i will get is one just completely point blank no context whatever how did you break your back yes why are you in the wheelchair and you get you send me a DM like that, I'm gonna delete it. Yeah. <laughs> because why would I want to engage with you when, no. when all you've done is just sent me that? Yeah. Like I don't, you know, whatever. Whereas if someone sent me a DM and they're like, hey, you know, hope you're okay, whatever. I've been looking through your content or whatever. I've been following you for a while. Um, I was just wondering because you don't speak about it a lot. How did you break your back? It's yeah. okay if you don't want to talk about yes. it. That is a very different type yes. of DM, you know. And if I get that DM, I probably normally just redirect them to the YouTube video I made explaining yeah. my injury because I can't be bothered to keep talking about it. Yeah, you know. So it you know, there's a difference between being nosy and wanting to learn more, and uh, you can always tell the difference. Yeah. And I think again, the thing with being interested and learning is that it then kind of 
it has an impact on you personally. So if you are willing to learn about things, it makes you question your own actions and how you work on a daily basis. Yeah. Whereas when you're ignorant or you're being nosy, and I think a lot of, I think there's a lot of people out there that are nosy because obviously it's nice to know something new in so many people's kind of mindset. The problem is that doesn't then impact their life. They can move on. They yeah. find out the information. They get to move on. Yeah. When you're actually interested, it's because you want to see how that could better your life, but better... Or how, how you can improve, like, with... You know, I know just for me, like, within my, like, circumstance, people like to know more because, like, my managers at work will ask me, you know, should I hold the door open yes. for you? Is yeah. that okay? Because I don't want to seem patronising. Yes. They want to know so that they can be better yes. so they know how to treat the next so disabled person they essentially see. when you're at work you feel like you're being treated as an equal yeah and that's where this whole conversation leads back to isn't it it's yeah. that idea that intersexual f- feminism is very much about the idea that you know it's taken into a like it's taken into the equation of everybody yeah all different kind of people and I think it's important to know as well. Obviously, we've spoken a lot about ableism, yes, and just mainly just because that is my perspective. Yes, that is yes. what I know. I, you know, I wasn't going to sit here and lecture and whatever and talk about race nonstop because, to be honest, I don't know what it means to be a black woman. I am more than happy to listen to a black woman talk about that. Yeah, but I wouldn't sit here for an hour and be like, "This is what it means to be a black woman," because that's not my perspective. No, but it's important to highlight that that is a part of it as well. You know, it's the same with religion. I'm an atheist, so I don't know what it means to be a Muslim woman. I, you know, I don't know what it means to be a trans woman. Yes. And um, there's so many different parts to, in, to in so many different intersections. Absolutely. And it's, it is really important to take in account all of that because a bit like you, it, we just, we only know one side of it. We only know our inside. But I personally, I personally see w- the world kind of moving forward and working better when I become aware of different things. Yeah. So I like to become aware of different things because I think that helps me know what's, how I can contribute to a better yeah, work. Because life. it's a perspective you haven't seen before. Yes. So, and the thing is as well, I think, I mean, something my dad always taught me is even if you don't like someone or you don't agree with something, you can always learn something from every single person that you meet. Yes. And I think it's important that we listen to each other more and we don't just try and talk over yes. each other. Like yes. it's and it's quite it's quite interesting. Obviously, I definitely wanted to do a podcast with you because I love all the stuff that you do on your Instagram and stuff like that. But it's really obviously interesting for me as well to get your perspective from it because I am an able bod like I am an able person, and in that sense, I can do things that you can't do. Yeah, and that's not me coming. That's just me saying. Yeah, yeah, that's just truth. Yeah, but it, it, I want to learn from your perspective yeah. and that's kind of what I want this podcast to always be is where we can kind of take more things away from it and obviously with you sharing that I definitely think hopefully it's sparked interest in you know to learn more about that side of it but also to learn about the bigger picture which we have mentioned and gone yeah. into as well about how actually becoming aware of intersectional feminism can actually make the world of difference yes it just takes becoming a bit bit more aware and it's really funny because i know just like a lot like i say like imagine if like a lot of older people was listening to this podcast or whatever or when our view normally gets 
goes viral or whatever, we're normally branded as like snowflakes. Yes. Which I've been called before, funnily enough. Yeah. Although I'm probably the strongest person I know. But like, you know, you get called a snowflake or you get called sensitive. Yeah. I don't think it's an issue of, you know, a lot of people say, are we becoming too sensitive? Are we becoming too fragile? Are we babying people now? Yes. No, I don't think we're becoming too sensitive. I think we're learning about perspectives that have once been ignored. Yes. I think that is the bottom line. Yeah, and, we're becoming aware. Yeah, and people have such a cognitive dissonance to perspectives that aren't their own that they shut it out they yes. ignore it yeah they well, they think well oh i don't like that that makes me question things that i do and things that i say and i don't want to change so i'm gonna call you a snowflake and i'm gonna shut out your your opinion yes if whereas if someone listens to me and they go right okay i've listened to you i understand your perspective a bit more i don't agree with it yeah but i can see it from your perspective yes i'd be more inclined to have respect for that person yeah come on, okay yeah. You, you can't understand my perspective. Like, you will never be able to understand my perspective no. completely. No. Because you're not disabled. No. But you've listened. Yes. And you understand that I have different experience yeah. of what you do. And honestly, I think that's literally all you can ask. Yes. It's not, to make, it's not to make miracles overnight. It's not to, yeah. it's not to you know, relate on such a level where you know everything about someone. Yeah. It's not, that's not what we kind of wanted to bring to light. It's actually just to think it's okay one to hold your hands up if you've actually been in a situation where you've actually kind of discriminated against someone before and learn from it but also just to be aware of the different situations and the different scenarios that you can put yourself in in every day and how that might impact other people yeah words obviously as much as we have freedom of speech and we mentioned that we do have an accountability to actually kind of make sure what we're saying has good yeah for everyone and that you you know you need to a lot of people like it's a freedom of speech it's my opinion it's my opinion yeah but you're also afraid to be criticized with freedom of speech and you know you you can't just say whatever you you can say whatever you want but it doesn't mean you should yes yeah and that's the difference yeah and a lot of people like to say, oh, it's my opinion, it's my opinion, or whatever. It's normally what you hear from a lot of people. Yes. And it's like, yeah, okay, you can have opinions to your blue in the face. You can say, I don't like water bottles, I don't like lamps, or whatever. Yeah. It's only an opinion until it discriminates against someone. Yes. You know, when you start you know denying people access so as soon as you start saying well i'm not going to make my shop disabled friendly or i'm not going to serve that gay couple yes that's when it's not an opinion that is discrimination yes and And that is very much say what you want if you have given someone less of a right than you have then you have discriminated against them yeah and i think it's it's actually there's a lot of things that are really complex and don't get me wrong discrimination is very very complex but the definition of discrimination is very clear yeah and that is it like if you have given someone an experience where they have been basically been discriminated against for something whether you realize you've discriminated against them or not it's it still stands if you've made someone feel you know if you like you said we mentioned about obviously we're not going to get into it but the um gay couple that went to get the cake yeah um at the catholic um bakery bakery yeah we won't give out we won't go too much into that but essentially you are discriminating you're denying a service to someone based on their sexuality yes so that is discrimination and essentially although it is really positive to see so many people talking about feminism so much 
if we are not taking into account that that is a part of feminism yeah it that is intersectional feminism yeah that is what helps we can't just go okay i'm just a white single woman yeah you know i you can't be a feminist and only stick up for your sisters that mirror you you have to stick up for every single one of your sisters whether they are of a different ethnicity whether they are of a different religion whether they can walk or whether they can't whether they're blind what no matter what their disability is you know and even if you don't like them yeah. to be honest and if you want to if you want to put yourself out there as someone who has those values yeah you have to become aware of actually what that entails and that does mean seeing it from that whole spectrum yeah not just like you said your own and then it's the people like that you'll look you. at a lot of like clothing brands or whatever and and a lot of big companies who will profit off of the idea of feminism but then you'll see no disabled bodies exactly in their in their clothing range you'll see no representation a lot of a lot of companies like to it almost feels like they're trying to work to meet like a diversity quota yeah and for me personally i don't agree with diversity and i that's a decision that i have come to only after my injury because whenever someone talks to me about diversity when we have diversity meetings at work and we talk about diversity it feels like i'm being used to meet a quota right it feels, i see what you mean you yeah. know what i mean it feels like oh, okay let's get wheelchair girl at the front so it looks like we're it's accessible actually, and inclusive and this is what we mentioned yeah. earlier if you're not so, doing it for yes i don't want to be used for my disability and i know like people of color probably wouldn't want to be used for their ethnicity it's like, i don't like to talk about diversity i like to talk about representation yes because when you talk about representation that's a completely different ballpark you know you're talking about every like I, it's like a quote like everyone wants to be seen everyone wants to be heard but like i want to be represented yes i don't want to be put at the front of the picture because you know oh yeah we need a wheelchair person yes you know i want to be represented represented because my story deserves to be shown absolutely and my voice deserves to be heard yes you know i think it's important as well and i I would actually be really interested to know whether when people think of the word feminism do they think of someone who has a disability or you know or in your situation or do they think of race do they actually think of those things when they think of the word feminism because months ago I probably wouldn't no I mean if you said feminism to me like a year well over a year ago so I probably would have fought straight to the suffragettes yes you know but there are women all over the world who are feminists and they don't look like Emily Pankhurst yes (laughs) you know it's just it's and it's something because we it's been so ingrained into us growing up in history books and you know whatever that is something we instantly think of we think of the suffragettes but it's important to acknowledge that yes, suffragette suffragette movement was great, but it also goes beyond that. Yes, and we just we still need to. And although like pe- we said, it, obviously people are like, oh, are we getting too sensitive now? Are we pick like are we picnicking at everything? Yeah. No, we're not because there's still work to be done. Yeah, and that is bottom line. And hopefully, people listening to this will kind of hopefully it will get them thinking. Hopefully yeah. it will just bring awareness to something that i don't think is spoke about about a lot yeah i know from like well for just from my perspective as a disabled woman it's always to be like a, a lot of people are representat- represented i'm not saying you know racism is solved and homophobia is solved or whatever but it seems to be like disability is forgotten yeah like we're not involved in the movements a lot and we're not kind of like we're forgotten about like it feels like 
we're not progressing yes. as such. So hopefully, moving forward, this will just bring a bit of awareness to intersectional feminism and just hopefully get people thinking more than anything. Yeah. But I'm really glad you've been on here today. No, it's been really fun. I mean, these are, these are things that I talk about with my friends, yes. like, all the time. This yeah. Is, but then I think it's also important because, you know, my friendship group is a bubble, yeah. like you say, and I, I'm very comfortable talking about these things with my friendship group. But, but then, then you get outside of Yeah, it. when you get outside that friendship group and people disagree with you, it's like, oh, God. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of... You know, it's something that needs to be talked about widespread. You know, and not everyone will probably agree with me, and that, and that's fine. But as long as people under, uh, understand or hear my perspective of yes, things, and that's kind of that's the most yeah, important thing. Yeah. yeah. No, it's been really good, and I knew that we was going to have a good podcast. I just <laughs> I could tell that we were going to have something really interesting to talk about, and it's been fab having you on. Thank so you, thank, thank you, you for having me. Yeah. So that is everything for working out today. Um, thank you again, Sophie, for being on here. If you liked this podcast, please remember to rate and review, as it will really help my podcast channel grow. Um, and I will see you in my next episode. Thank you so much for listening.